If you go to a pub in Ireland, you have to have a song. Hello darkness, my old friend. I've come to talk with you again. Because a vision softly creeping Left its seeds while I was sleeping And the vision that was planted in my brain Still remains Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Uh, it's Four Blades in a Pub and I'm John and I'm uh, joined this evening by Dan. Good evening, Dan. Good evening, everybody. Ian? Hello. That was a very delayed uh, hello from Ian. And finally, Phil, good evening. Well, evening. I'm not going to say good. but <laughs> As you can tell, uh, we've been enjoying uh, United's performances as much as you probably all enjoy them. So I don't think we need... <sighs> I don't really want to talk too much about both games, but I think the best way to do it is to talk generally about what we've been like so far. So, Dan, what's your general thoughts? I mean, I, I tweeted half-jokingly, I think, towards the end of the first half of the Newcastle game. Um, is second season syndrome during your first season a thing? Uh, and I was kind of joking. I was trying, you know... I've been having a bit, trying to kind of inject some some uh, some levity into the situation. The more I think about it, the more I think it actually might be. And and this is the only positive I can take out of this: that rather than hit second season syndrome in our second season, we almost get a little a little trial run at season two. Obviously, at the minute we're falling short in in a number of areas, and that gives Tufty and and the rest of the team the summer to, to address something that they possibly wouldn't have been aware of until, um, well, whenever the season starts. It gives us the opportunity to, to put wrong some, put right some wrongs that, that are clearly drifted into the way that we're playing and, and have played over the last couple of days, the, the, the last couple of games, sorry. The big thing that, that, that struck me is, is how bad we've been off the ball. I mean, at times yesterday, especially at times on the ball, I thought we looked quite good in the in the first half, particularly. First half, yeah. But but without the ball, I mean, Norwood Neshing tackles, Fleck Neshing tackles, Ender Stevens just looks all at sea, doesn't look like, look like a player at all. And and none of these players you'd be talking about shipping out just yet. But it, it maybe does give us the opportunity to to try and figure out what's going wrong with these players and put it right before next season. I mean, even their second goal yesterday. Yeah, it is the second goal. I mean, all right, it's good movement from Marshall and it's a good pullback. But normally, Basham's like a... He's like a rash, normally. And it, you could see him, you know, he was a yard off and, and he kind of looked up and kind of shrugged his shoulders. And it just, we just don't look... We, we, we're, we're, at the minute, we're missing everything that has made us Sheffield United under Chris Wilder. And that's not, I'm not, I'm, and I'm not pointing the finger at Wilder. I'm not pointing the finger at anyone. What I'm saying is that's what's missing at the minute. Which, could, I, could I throw something at that then? So something I tweeted last night was, I think, I think what makes us Sheffield United is the impact of the fans. And I don't just mean the impact of the fans on our players, but the impact our fans have and our pressing style. I mean, that gets the fans going when we close down the opposition. And we turn the opposition fans on their club. And, you know, if you look at our away record this season, you know, that's part of that. that that's not just getting our home fan like at home and our, our fantastic away support behind our team. It's actually getting the home team's fans in that sense, turning on their club. And I think that gives us a massive lift and turns the dial and turns the screw on them. And without the fans in the stadium, without that, I do partly wonders if that is a factor it just it just lifts and lifts us and and turns the turns the dial on the opposition a bit I think you're right Ian of course fans have an impact but I don't think fans being there or not excuse corners going straight at over completely over the box and out of play like Phil was saying about missing tackles like there were one last night where Fleck completely bottled it and and it's against Fernandez. Normally, Flex smashes through people. You almost want to tell him to ease off. And uh, I just feel like there just seems to be something 
missing. If there is any, I don't know, but if there is a few players in the squad who want away or something like that, for example, if if it's to be believed that like Egan's had his head turned by the interest from Everton that was or or the Egan weren't there last night, were he? The, the, no, the no. Same, same the same problems were still evident last night, and Egan wasn't there. Um, yeah. And, and in fairness, one of the players who you know there have been rumours about him wanting to go is Lundstrom, and I thought first half especially, I thought he was the pick of the bunch. He's the best player first half. Him and Mc, I thought him and McGoldrick did really well. Um, Musa can fuck I, off I, after last night. You. He was he was doing my absolute boxing. He's, I can't be dealing with the lethargic body language and he, he, he does my head in when he does. How many times has he gone down injured looking like he can't walk for a month? Pretty much every game he plays. Yeah, and then five minutes later he's back on the pitch again. It is literally every game. I fancied him. First first 10, 15 minutes last night when, when we, we got the ball up to him a couple of times and he held it up and, he, and I thought, and I actually tweeted, I think there's some joy for Moose here, you know, against, uh, probably against Lindelof. And then he just seemed to drift out of the game and... Um, whether he's not fit or whether he did get a whack and he just and that did for him but he is I mean I've been his champion and I've said for ages if he gets his head right and we get him physically fit I think we've got a good player but he's absolutely made of biscuits it just he can't he can't do 90 minutes he can't even do 45 based on last night can he but we I don't think we used him we used him well enough and you look at and it was a different game second half when Zivkovic came on but we didn't relieve I think tried to release him once and it, the ball went out for a goal kick and I think you're right Phil I think offensively I thought at first half especially we were much better than we've been you know and I, and I felt there was an opportunity to get a goal there last night which we've looked flat and you know Billy should have scored uh, up at Newcastle with a header but we didn't really create a huge amount that aside whereas last night I felt we were looking more offensive it's the final ball and you're right I, I take your point John you know the fans aren't everything because it doesn't mean players pulling out of tackles it doesn't mean you know mm. every free kick or cross or corner going out for a goal kick or selling other people's heads um, but yeah we, as much as we were better in some respects last night offensively we then let ourselves down with the final ball again it, it, it's just it's just a very bizarre and that, what worried me a bit was Wilder just looked a little bit what the fuck <laughs> watching on you know his, his, his expression and reaction was what am I going to do here I mean, it's possibly he's, he's possibly got to the same state where he did at Hull away the other season, where where we, we played away at Hull and he went, I've taken these lads as far as I can, and he got a reaction. But I would imagine that was also the point where that kind of crystallised some of his transfer dealings for the end of that season. You know, who, who, who do I fancy here, or who do I need to bring in? Who do I need to replace? And I think there's possibly. There's possibly a couple of players who've been riding the crest of a wave for a season or two, and this break has just, they've lost that bit of momentum, and there's suddenly, you know, there's a kind of almost like a regression to the mean for some of the players. I think as well, there's generally, I think obviously the crowd is a big factor, and Wilder's body language was quite telling, but what I was touching on about the group at the minute, if, you, if you're Ben Osborne, if you're Luke Freeman, you're pretty fucked off at the moment because they've been shy for two games and these lads have been there you know this is why you have a squad so they can come in and like Osborne's not even been on off of the bench has he I don't know if he came on last night the beer was going down too too quickly or I don't think he did and I think I don't know I think this is going to be not that need to phrase this correctly because I don't think he's under any pressure but he's very much got that feeling of like where the biggest, the biggest challenge Wilder's had at United is stopping this rot and then moving us, moving us forward from it. And I don't know what the answer is, but I do think the big one, and I've already touched on it, is getting the basics right again. Because we're not even doing that. It's funny, isn't it? Because you mentioned momentum there, and I was talking to someone about this the other day. I'm not sure momentum in its term is actually a thing with football. I think it's about confidence, and we look shot of confidence in some areas. But And the reason I say I'm not sure momentum's a thing, because things can change. For instance, score a goal on Sunday off of someone's arse and go and beat Arsenal 1-0, and it will just change the whole dynamic. And it kind of feels like that's what we need a little bit at the moment. We need a little bit of luck from somewhere. We need to create our own luck, but 
things are just going wrong all over the pitch and it is the first time under Wilder I've seen it so horribly wrong like this. The South End game a few years ago, everything went against us, didn't it? Everything went wrong. And it, it just kind of feels like we need that at that time. It was stopping at a off-licence coming back from Millwall and getting them all pissed on the way back that was rumoured to be the thing that got them all changed around and, and got things rolling in our direction again. But I don't I mean, know. I said that the other day. I, I said I thought the Newcastle performance was the worst I've seen under Wilder. And it, I thought it was worse than Southend because if you remember for Southend, we were shit for 15 minutes and three down. For the other 75, there wasn't much in it. We kind of held our own, but the game had gone. Whereas Newcastle, I thought, was 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 abject from from almost start to finish. We just looked. I mean, toothless, the lifeless. game was just a poor game. I, I I do think if Egan stays on the pitch, there's a good chance we get at least a point out of the game. And I even think once Egan had been sent off, if Billy scores that header, which nine times out of ten Billy scores that header, we probably go on and get something out of that game. We were bad. Newcastle were bad as well. But last night, second half in particular, was just terrifying. We just couldn't get near them. Anyway, that, sec- that second goal kills us last night. If we yeah. go in at 1-0 at half-time yeah. and we can rearrange and, and, and the, you're still in the game, 2-0 just before half-time. I mean, they just... They basically treat that second half like a, like a training game. It was, just a, it was just a keep ball session and they just didn't let us have the ball. And, and like you said, that's... That's where the crowd could have come into play. And I put this on the group last night, and, and Macker actually, he, he made a good point. I said, someone needs to, you know, smash into a tackle here. But I'm not sure that, and kind of Macker made the point that I'm not sure that works if there's no crowd. Mm. You know, if Fleck goes through Fernandez yeah. and there's 70,000 people there, there's something happens where there's one man and his dog there, you don't get that reaction which can spur our players on or... or so... It's hard, isn't it? I'm not yeah. enjoying, not just United. I'm not enjoying football being back. Absolutely not. Rubbish. It's it's awful. You, you could you could end the season now for me, and I couldn't care less. Genuinely, it's it's weird. Like we talked so excited, we were so excited before the Villa game, weren't we? And I think obviously that whole idea of being the first team on and everything. And uh, I'd watched a bit of Bundesliga. I know some of you, some of you hadn't, but. For me, it's just it, something doesn't feel like, and the players, like Sander Bird last night, looked absolutely knackered after about five minutes. And I don't know what it is. Like you say, Phil, I think we need to hope that we'll come on to talk about Arsenal on Sunday, but we just need to hope that something goes in our favour. Because uh, at the moment, it, it, I feel like we need to like shit out a win to even think about playing well, you know, because I'm just. Oh. An early goal on Sunday to give us something to to kind of grab hold of and to hang on to and to, to, to kind of push through on would be great. The longer it goes at nil-nil, or again, perish the thought, an early goal like last night, you just, every every goal, like every early goal where, you, where your game plan goes out to win after five minutes is, is, is going to hurt us even more, isn't it? That, that would think about last night though as well. You, you say about the early goal can, can kill a game straight away, can't it? I actually thought we responded to the goal really well last night. I thought for, we did, but we could have three down after twenty minutes. It's it's yeah, only from it's only from from Rashford's pruffling us in front of goal that we weren't three down after twenty minutes. Yeah, I, I guess I guess they did create the, the openings, whereas we didn't. But I thought we we got hold of the ball and we looked like we were trying to play like United try and play. That that's kind of what I mean by the fact that we responded. And Moose's, Moose's injury stopped that. We we, yeah. we we got a foothold in the game. We again that word momentum. We got a little bit of momentum, a little bit of something behind us. Moose's injury completely took the sting out of the game, and they they then just took over, kept the ball, bump bump bump, two 0 done. It was it's it was like you said, sucker was... punch that second goal, wasn't it? It really was. Sorry, yeah. Ian. Uh, no, I was going to say it was like Phil said. I, we, there was a United I could identify with for a spell last night in that first yeah. half. You know, like you say, there was there was elements of what we were doing that you recognise as what's what's good about us. But you're right. I, I and I, I messaged my dad. I just said, get to half time one nil. I'm not saying we can get anything out of this for sure because they're clearly a, a level above the way they're playing. But you never know if we can see out to half time and regroup. And we just did. And 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 it was just it's just that he's uncharacteristic. And a lot was said, there was something I shared on the group last night, there was a comment on Facebook saying that the Wilder system's flawed. I know we had a little bit of discussion on that last night, but I don't know about flawed, but I think we said we need, 
we need an, we need a, we need a fallback. We need an alternative on nights like last night where we can change it. I think that comment was talking about something Gary Neville said during commentary. He was saying about when you've got uh, three at the back and a team's trying to keep the ball, it's really hard to get out. And I think that's where that where that comment comes from. But in the past this season, we've dealt with that. We've we've figured a way around it. And I think David McGoldrick's massive for us when it comes to to games like that because he can keep the ball with the way that he the way that he's got the close control that he's got. He can keep the ball and, and bring other players in and wait for them to come come to him before bringing them in as well. But there, there were times yesterday. John and I were just sat watching it, scratching his head and swearing quite loud. Well, it was the second... <laughs> the neighbours enjoyed. I, well, it was in the second half, Phil. I turned to you, I think, and I went, it's only 72 minutes. Like, it was, it was, it felt like the second half just went on and on and on, and we had nothing. We had no answer for him. We had no answer for him. And obviously, like, Man United are going to be better than us, but... If you think about when we they went to... They weren't for 83 minutes at Bramall Lane, and I think that's perhaps partly why it's so frustrating. But also, I know they've got Fernandez now and Pogba started and, and stuff like that, but... No, Phil Jones playing up front for us. But, like, if you think of... Um, <laughs> if you think of when we lost at City and when we lost at Liverpool, there was a bit of still United... Like, the Liverpool Liverpool just took us apart, but we, it wasn't... City game, City away. We took the game to them when we could have won that game. Mm, and and never won that yesterday. And it's, I think it's because as well, like, in this, this must be a factor for the players. We've, we watched the Newcastle game, and we're almost, you, you've not got time to get over it. And it's, it's bang. There's another match. Now you might argue, oh, that's good. The, the most important games, the next game, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But. Almost feel like Wilder and Neil to take a day or two to actually think, watch the match back, you know, have a think and go, actually, what's gone on there? Is this, that and the other? Time to work on it. I can't really imagine that there is, like, a, so the game was last night. It's now Thursday. They might have been in today. They've got tomorrow and they've got Saturday and we're playing again. It's you, You've like, not got any time to leak your wounds, have you? Which, when you're playing well, which we were before the break, is what you want. You want another game, another game, to keep that run going. When you when you like this, yes, you want another game to try and you know to try and get the last one out of your system. But when things are going as awry as they are now, you probably could do with a couple of days on the training pitch just to, like you said, have a look at things, possibly tweak things, possibly look at other players, look at other players in other roles. And we're not going to get that, are we? At the end yeah, of the day, we haven't got it next week either. At the end of the day, it doesn't really matter. If 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 we were on thirty-two points now, then alarm bells were ringing. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, we can lose every game between now and end of the season, and, and it won't be a problem. But we don't want to. We don't want the season just to kind of finish off with a whimper, do we? Not at all. I suppose the only positive I can try and you know I try and look for the positive in situations is Wilder will be learning a lot about some of these players during this time. Well, I mean, Luke, obviously Luke put it on the group last night, taking Norwood off at half-time. Uh, unless he was injured, that's obviously, you know, I think that's probably a shot across his bowels, to be honest. Yeah, and he needs it. He need, I, I've been, I mean, everybody can see how Norwood's been influential to us ever since coming, really. And, and I think Sander Berger is probably his long-term replacement. I couldn't see a world where that happens any time in the next year or two, but if he continues playing the way he is at the minute, he doesn't warrant a shirt. No. The trouble is, it, I think him and Didzy are so uh, fundamental to us attacking, both from a building from the back and someone coming to collect from the front uh, and, and be that connection. And, and like you say, if no one's having an off game, you, you need at least two or three. I think Wilder said, you know, we can, can carry one or two players in an off game if five, six, seven have an off game. And if you throw in that, much of your back line that's been fundamental to our success, Norwood. Um, I wouldn't say did he had a bad game last night, but you know, what I mean? but if you start throwing in fundamental players who have an impact on the way we play, um, you know, I did wonder. Well, and I do wonder if that impacts on Ender. You know, the, the understanding they've played so closely together, the, the when he moves, when he goes, his positioning, he's looked lost. Yeah, yeah. And that's no disrespect to Robinson. Robinson's a very steady defender, but he's not Jack O'Connell. 
we like that dynamism, don't we? Like I say, he's, he's a good, steady, solid centre half, but he's not got that that dynamism, and, and also that physicality as well. You know, you yeah. can't imagine people walking past O'Connell as easy as as people have walked past Summit back for it last couple of games, can you? I think yeah. O'Connell blocks that um, smash across the box from Rashford yesterday. I'm fairly sure of it. Doesn't doesn't mm. even get to Martial, but that's all bit if buts and maybe's, isn't it? I think. Um, for me to summarise, I think we just need to dust ourselves down really, really quickly and, and go again and, and hope we get something maybe against the run of play because Arsenal's going to be easy as shit as they've been so far since the restart. Yeah. And I think they, they snuck a 1-0 tonight. I yeah. Think. Have they won that one? I mean... 1-0, yeah. Um, I'm actually quite glad about that because if they'd have been on the back of three straight defeats, I'd have been really worried them coming to Bramall Lane with a point to prove, but... And then... I mean... It's, there's no, it's, it's relentless though because it's then it's Spurs on Thursday. <laughs> Just Spurs, it's fine. Just Spurs who look like they get maybe as well though. I know there's no crowd there, but maybe a return to Bramble Lane is just what they need. Yeah, yeah I mean, three away games on bounce can't have helped, can it? I'm not making excuses, but it can't have helped. No. no. Um, I mean, it's interesting. If you look at it, coming into this break, we'd have been saying, actually, Spurs, Chelsea, Wolves, all to come to Bramall Lane in the league, Arsenal in the Cup. But actually, come to Bramall Lane, yeah, we, we'd, we'd, we'd fancy taking something from some of those games. Yeah. And it's just it's just a different just a different feeling at the minute. And it's not a, not a comfortable one. I mean, we've got... I'm not saying we're going to lose every game, but we've got Southampton, who were playing pretty well. We've got Everton, who have they lost them? They've had a right run under Ancelotti, aren't they? We're going to Leicester. Yeah. Like he doesn't make pretty reading. It's enough to get you quite worried and stressed. But we'll have to see what happens, won't we? And if we can, and we'll talk about Arsenal in a minute. But I think Sunday, like you say, fills that opportunity to dust ourselves down and go again. Are trainers, John? What these? No, mate, I've had them for years. Just got them back from being clean. Look really good, don't they? Yeah, really? Is that a thing? Honestly, they look new, mate. They look class. Yeah, it's a thing. Really reasonable, too. Adam Dunn at this place called Glistening Kicks. They're in Sheffield. Fe- fellas are blade, too. Oh, nice one. That says buying new ones, doesn't it? How do I find them? I've got a few pairs need looking at myself. Absolutely. Save, save me someone who's got a bit of a trainer for headship. An absolute fortune. You can get them on social media like most things these days. They're on Twitter at Glistening Kicks and Instagram at Glistening underscore Kicks. Or they have a website, www.glisteningkicks.co.uk. Give them a shout. The process is dead easy. They collect them safely and then drop them back off with you. And if you take them around yourself, that process could be even quicker. Um, they look, feel, and smell like new. And it's I'm, I'm absolutely chuffed and I'm already looking at what pairs I'm going to take down um, next to have him look out for us. Nice one. Cheers for that. I'm going to get on to them straight away. What was their industry again? At glistening underscore kicks. That's the one. Really good service and I couldn't recommend it enough to any blades. Brilliant. Nice one. All the blades. So, welcome back. Um, we're going to just have a quick section now, just quickly talk about United's uh, release list that they've just um, they released this evening. I think all the Premier League has done there. So, no real huge surprises on there, but people like Jagielka, Leon Clark, Kieran Freeman being released. What, what, what are your thoughts, guys? Probably, like you say, no real surprises. There's contract extensions in there for Clark, Jagielka, um, Rodwell. Interestingly, I don't know yet. Connor Leak Blunt, I presume he's uh, a youngster, isn't he? Yeah. Brunt, is it? Is it Blunt or Brunt? Blunt. Um, and, you know, uh, and Kieran Freeman, which I guess is the contract's attention from 30th of June to keep them available. And that's not to say they can't be offered a contract afterwards. But I, I, in all honesty, I can't see Jagielka. Clark uh, doing any uh, remaining with the club beyond this end of this extended season. Um, Duffy, I think, that's what it means. I think the contract extension just means that they're till the end of this little yeah. period, yeah. till the end of this season. Yeah, and Rodwell's on there as well. And 
not really, obviously clearly not shown enough to even be considered for getting on the pitch, cup matches aside. So in some ways, that's a little disappointing because I'd hoped it would be a gamble that's paid off. But like Ravel Morrison, it doesn't look like it has. I think what's interesting is that the squad will be very, very, very stripped back in the summer um, after this. And it gives us an opportunity to to get more depth. But also, you'd like to think, I think your, your first five, even six signings um, need to be people that are coming in to directly almost sign with a view to playing, to put pressure on. Um, not just because of the way we've played, but just I think you've got to fresh. If you look at teams who come up and do well traditionally, like we have until <laughs> until now, um, like they need like Burnley. Burnley went down, didn't they? Having did all right because they didn't freshen it up and stuff like that. And I think we're going to need some serious bodies through the door. And I'm sure we're already working on them. Um, but we'll see who they are. I don't. I mean, that's a conversation for a different podcast. But um, it's a different. It's a different market we're operating in. That everyone's operating in now, isn't it? As well, financially, for for most clubs, you know, the the big clubs aside, that can probably absorb some of some of the impact of the season. But the fact we've let Zivkovic say we're not going to take up the option. Retsos has gone back because we're not taking up the option. Besic has gone back. There's players there that we might have signed with a view to, you know, bringing in and, and integrating and potentially signing. I've gone out the window because clearly Wilder now knows where he's shopping, and it's maybe in a different pool to what he thought he was shopping in three months ago. I mean, we should still be an attractive prospect at the end of this season because obviously players will have seen how well we've done. The again, up until the last two or three games the style of football we play and that sort of thing and, and the signing of Berger will have helped that because they'll have seen a you know a, a, a top European prospect choose us over possible other da- other um, other destinations so that, that should help us when, when recruitment over the summer um, just on this release list there's there's probably three modern day legends there that are going to be leaving in Clark Duffy and Kieran Freeman uh, and obviously Jagielka who's more of a more of a kind of long term legend, so it's uh, you know it's a bit of a, a bit of a watershed moment to see three of the um, three of the the Wilder originals leaving. Yeah, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. I think Jag Yelka leaving again was was no real surprise. I think yeah. um, the, the kind of the point what you're touching on there, John, for me with Jag Yelka, he's been on the bench every game this season. Not. I think you're right. We do need to bring players in that are going to impact the first team and, and the first 11 by that as well. But we've all of a sudden got a very, very weak squad, haven't we? Yeah. Having set the, the counter-argument to that being that as some of the weaknesses existed in that squad and you know some of the players we're carrying that we're releasing means we, were going to, you know, we need to strengthen anyway. So you, you move the players out that clearly aren't going to have any sort of impact at all and give us the room to do it. The only one that surprises me really is Kieran Freeman. So I think to, to bring somebody in to, to to bring somebody in to play second fiddle for George Baldock that that's better than Freeman is going to cost us money, I think, and and that might have been worth another year or so. I, I mean, I, I would I would agree with letting Kieran Freeman go because he's not a Premier League right back. I don't even think he's a Premier League reserve right back. But it, it depends. Again, it depends what what kind of pond we're fishing in. I, you know, we, I, I've got a feeling that the recruitment this season might be more heavily overseas based than it has been British based over the years. I think we'll, we'll possibly be shopping in you know European markets, trying to pick up bargains like like Bournemouth have, like Burnley have done. Uh, sorry, not Burnley. Uh, Watford have done. You know, uh, over the last few years. Yeah, I think it, I think it will be interesting. I think Berger and obviously we didn't see much of him, but Restar Sikovic is your example of that from January, and I'd imagine it will continue. I mean, who knows? Who knows the sort of players that will be coming in, and it'll be it might be might be really exciting. But usually, when you buy, if we do to buy a lot of foreign players, there'll be a couple of dubs in there, uh, which hopefully won't. Won't be too many, but we'll have to we'll have to see we'll have to see what happens. But there's no great surprises. I, I think Phil's point about having a backup right back would cost us money, but I don't. At the same time, 
if Baldock, heaven forbid, broke his leg, I don't think I'd want Kieran Freeman playing every game in the Premier League like you say, Dan. Yeah. But, but end of an era. I think Dan, I think probably best to round it off by saying it's what, what Dan said, isn't it? There's, there's three players there who have had some great times with United, that, times that we as fans all remember fondly. And uh, they leave with best wishes. Yeah, good luck to them all. Yeah, good luck to them. Welcome back to part three, everyone. Um, this section, we're going to be previewing the, uh, the FA Cup quarter-final uh, against Arsenal this weekend. First back, first game back at the lane after after lockdown. Uh, hopefully that'll have a, uh, an impact on our fortunes. Um, what's everyone's thoughts? Um, obviously, try and, try and look forward rather than back. But what's, what's everyone's thoughts on this Sunday? I think it's good to be back at home. For, for us I think um, familiar surroundings not having to travel on, on separate buses like they have been doing and, and things like that can can be a positive for us back in our own dressing room and all that sort of stuff it's just it, I can't get excited like I can't get excited about any of the other games I just wish I was there that's my biggest frustration but anyway it's like we said before isn't it, it there's a chance of reaching a cup final and there's a strong likelihood is we won't be there, or even if there's a chance some of us could be there, it would be a few thousand of us dotted around Wembley. And I'd, as much as that would be nice, it's not it's just not right, is it? Not so, right. Um, I mean, it'd be interesting to see what kind of side Arsenal's put out. I mean, Arteta's had some hammer for some of his selections and, you know, played quite a few of the youngsters in the first game back against Man City. You know, some of the bigger name players left out. He's had injuries. Um, looking at the team he played, put out tonight against Southampton, where they've won, they won two 0 in the end. It was uh, uh, they got a, a late in, second. Enketia scored, I. Enketia yeah. and Willock. Uh, Stevens has sent off Southampton, so I presume it might have been a penalty from Willock. I don't know. Um, but yeah, the Arsenal. Arsenal is such an interesting one because. I think we've had the we 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 should have well, we could have potentially won the game in London. I mean we're we're a bit lucky with that like foul from O'Connell if you remember, but um, and we obviously did them at the lane. Like, but I I can see I can see them um, normally coming to Bama Lane and be playing within themselves, but they look like they've got a few more of the heavy hitters back, like with Tierney and Bellerin. So. If you remember when we played at Bramall Lane, was it Chambers was playing left back for them, or, or somebody was playing left? Saka was playing left back, wasn't he, uh, or something? So we'll have to we'll, we'll see. I mean, any team with uh, Aubameyang in has got a chance against anyone in the world, let alone little old Sheffield United who can't defend. I'm guessing is Leno injured? I know he got stretched off against Brighton. Is he? He's not played tonight. Wow. Well, okay. Uh, Martinez was in the net, and then. You know, Bellerin, Mustafi, Holding, Tierney, Caballos, I can't say it, the, the guy from Madrid, Xhaka, Saka, Pepe, Enketia and Aubameyang. So, seems very keen on Enketia, um, Arteta, doesn't he? Uh, he's, given him, uh, he's given him a go a couple of times, hasn't he? I mean, that, that, that back line doesn't, doesn't strike any fear into me. I know we're, we're desperately searching for goals and actually, you know, yes, we've played worse defence than that, not, not, not scored yet but if you, you know you think about Arsenal are usually built on a decent strong back line that back line doesn't doesn't strike you as one you'd be worried about coming up against um, you're right I think forward forward wise they've got plenty of threat but I look at it and say well yes we beat them at the lane and I think when we equalised at uh, the Emirates I thought we'd go on and win it the way we were playing at that point you know, I thought we were we were edging on top, and um, I think McBurney did. McBurney have a great chance later on with a header. Um, so, you know, I, in some ways, and it may be just me clinging to some faint hope out of all this at the minute. Yeah, I think we could get something, and, and like you said earlier, Phil, maybe it might just give us that kickstart we need at the minute. What sort of side do you think we'll play? And then, obviously, we've talked about Arsenal side there. What sort of side do you think we'll play? I mean, obviously, Henderson will come back in. Egan will come back in. 
I'm, I mean, I don't know whether it's with Rob. I mean, there's talk about O'Connell. I've, I've seen a couple of people today saying that O'Connell could be fit. Now, I just a bit last night after the match, yeah. Um, so if obviously if he comes back in, I think that makes a massive difference. Um, midfield, I'd just I'd like to see a bit more a bit more bite in there, a bit more energy. Whether that's whether that's Osborne coming in, um, I don't know. But who? If you're Osborne and Fleck. I was born in Fleck, but that's it's it's it's, it's heavily left footed that in it, and I know Wilder likes that whole left foot right foot balance all the way through, doesn't it? Um, it'll be interesting to see if Norwood keeps his place, having been dragged at half time. It'll be interesting to see whether Wilder reinstates him or whether he goes with Ancestor Burger. Right there, you are full ninety minutes in your preferred position. He says, doing air quotes. Um, I don't know, and up front. I would imagine Sharp comes back in. I think he'll. Pro- I think he'll probably go with McGoldrick and Sharp. I think so as well. I think that's what I'd prefer as well um, out of the the options available. I think as well in midfield, you it's whoever with Lundstrom after last night. Lundstrom needs to be in there just because yeah. he's. It, they talk about by and physicality is very very important for that. And imagine the back five or uh, back six if O'Connell's fit will be what you. You know the normal one. Yeah. Um, I mean, Egan's had a bit of a rest, doesn't he? He's had a game and a half off. So, but he, by his own very high standards, Egan looks pretty shoddy against Villa and Newcastle. So he's, he all have though. So I think it's probably unfair to pick him out. I mean, there were talk. Uh, Luke, who will be producing this, talks about maybe putting Bash in midfield, but I don't think we've got anyone good enough to then go into the back four to play in his position. On the right-hand side. If we'd still had Retsos, that might have been an option. And given Retsos a go, and Retsos might have even had a game by now, you know. The only other one you could put in there would be Rodwell or someone like that. But again, you're throwing a... Well, he's obviously, he's obviously just been released. And you're throwing a, you'd be throwing a kind of completely unknown quantity in there, wouldn't you, really? Whether you yeah. put him in the field or whether you put him in the Big, big ask. I think you're right. I think the back six, if everybody's fit, picks itself... I'd be gobsmacked if he didn't start Norwood. Um, but like you say, it could just be he could take the attitude of there you go, Sander. It's a free hit almost. Go and show us what you can do in that position. But it, despite the start we've had, despite everything that we've done, it shows the, the lack of depth we've got. That I think the, the side almost still picks itself. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's that's the challenge for him over the summer that the changes he's, he's made in the squad over the course of this year haven't materially changed that team from what brought us up. Which which is always going to be your first season in, in the Premier League. You're always going to have a first eleven and not much behind it, aren't you? It's it's when you become an established Premier League club over two, three, four seasons where you've got the money and the time to actually build more of a squad where you've got international players and and. Well, even then, it's a gradual thing, isn't it? You don't do it in a, in a lump, bang, and, and change everybody overnight. Yeah. yeah. You only drip one or two new ones in a season, otherwise it disrupts it too much, I think. Yeah, if, if he'd have made 15 signings over the summer and got rid of a lot of people, that are, then people would have been criticising him for, for making too many changes too soon. And this is the... And up to now, we've been reasonably lucky with injuries and suspensions. It just so happens that we've had two or three key ones in a, a really short space of time. I think that comes back to your point on the contract extensions, Dan. The players he's keeping, you might say, well, longer term, in a 12, 18 months' time, are they actually going to be playing? But it keeps that a degree of stability when he's not going to be able to make those wholesale changes to the squad and probably doesn't want to. Yeah, yeah exactly. So what do we think score-wise on Sunday? That's, <laughs> that's going to be a big ask. I'm going to be bold. I'm going to say we're going to get out of this little rut one way or another. It'll be low scoring, maybe 2-1 United. I'm going to say one apiece. What happens then is extra time and penalties. I think it is, isn't it? Or is it, I think I'm presuming they've got replays. It'll be straight through extra time and penalties, won't it? One apiece, um, no idea. Who knows? It's uh, it's it's done uh, done on the day. Or, yeah, because Actually, that's why. Just... One piece and us to win penalties because I would I would fancy Henderson. I would fancy Henderson to save at least a couple in a shootout. So one piece us to us to nick us to, to edge through on penalties. 
I'll, I think it'll be low scoring as well. Um, and I'm going to go. I was the pessimist last week. I'm going to be optimistic. I think I think we could nick this by one nil. And I think I'm assuming in there that we've got a, the back line back to full strength. John, John. I think we're going to lose three nil. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you created the first laugh of the evening. <laughs> a nervous laugh. <laughs> no, I. I just genuinely think we'll lose uh, because they've got really good attacking players and we, we can't defend at the moment. We're giving people chances that we're uncharacteristically giving people lots of chances. And all, play, if they play to their potential, they'll beat us. Let's be honest. Yeah. But let's be fair, that's that's 85% of the Premier League against us this season. If they play as well as they can and we play as well as we can, their better players will come through. Absolutely. And that's what, we, and in fact, that's part of what we've done this season. We've stopped the good, we've stopped the good players playing, and that's what we need to get back to. That that's your starting point. We stop good players playing, and then our good players start having an influence on the game. And that's what we, I can't think what you said, Phil, at the beginning about going back to basics. And that's that's got to be the start. So sorry, boys, but yeah, we're gonna lose three 0 That's what. <laughs> <laughs> what a way to end that section. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I'll be my cheery self again when we stop being shit. So, uh, welcome back to the final part of uh, this week's pod. And uh, it would ordinarily be the Hall of Fame. So, before we do go into this section, I'll just reveal last week's winners of the Hall of Fame. And the fact I'm introducing it means I've actually won it for a change. Um, My nomination of Aussie Owl and the image of Aussie Owl and whatever Junior Owl's called on Bouncing Day, looking very sad, got 45% of the votes. Uh, So, thank you very much for those who voted. Um, And it's, uh, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm delighted about that because I I can't remember the last time I won a Hall of Fame vote. Um, Given given the mood of tonight's pod, uh, a little pre-pod discussion decided that maybe we don't do the Hall of Fame and we resurrect uh, the alternative to the Hall of Fame, the feature we've had on once before, which we have called Club 1867. And this is where we consign something to the footballing equivalent of Room 101, uh, something we just want to bin from football, can be Blades related, can be Wednesday related, but something we want to bin off and consign to the deepest, darkest depths. Uh, who would like to kick us off tonight? I've been miserable, so I'll try and be funny now and cheer everyone <laughs> on. So, I fucking hate Wednesday with a passion and always have, right? And one of the reasons I hate them so much is their obsession with the past and how great they used to be and whatever, okay? And there's an image which sums up that it wasn't even the most successful time. It was the time that followed it where they spent a load of money in getting relegated. And it evolves around the signings of two players, uh, Di Canio and Carbone. And there's an image of them two absolute dickheads eating, attempting to eat a frozen pizza on the pitch at Hillsborough and it may, it's one of these that like a, a Wednesday mate will occasionally put as like their Instagram profile picture just because they're a bit edgy or whatever and it's sort of like, I'm going to screen share it with you now just because it annoys me so much look at him just look at him, Decanio with his tongue out I suppose it's better than him having his right hand raised straight in the air like he's been known to do in the past. But that image of Di Canio and Carbone with the pizza and that shitty video where they're in that dodgy car outside the away end at Hillsborough and then they drive off like some sort of mafia. I think Carbone's wearing a cream suit. Get fucked. <laughs> so I'd, I'd, like to put, I'd like to put that image of Di Canio and Carbone uh, in... Club 1867, based on the fact that people who actually never even saw them play talk about them. And my mates who were like six, like, oh, we've not had a player like that for years, not had anyone like that since Carboni. You don't remember what you were like. You just remember that picture of pizza and that stupid video. So, yeah, 
the Canyon Carboni and the pizza at Hillsborough. It's not even a decent pizza, is it? I mean, it's an Asda one, isn't it? It's an Asda one. I'm just going there, boys. It's fucking raw. Look at it. Just for the purposes of the tape, John is sharing the image on the on the screen again with us all. It's oh. uh, it's uh, it's deep, it's deep, it's well, it's, right, it's defrosted because it's limp. But anyway, it's what I think that's a, a great first. <laughs> Maybe it's just nervous. Brilliant. Brilliant. It's, it's, it's nervous around star footballers <laughs> in inverted in in quote marks again. Yeah, it's Italian internationals. <laughs> so yeah, that I've, I've been eating myself from a pessimistic three 0 with that cheery uh, retort. <laughs> like. I've gone down a completely different route with this, to be honest. So I don't know if I've got the wrong end of the stick or what, but the thing and it, it last night more than anything else was really pissing me off. Man Man, you've United gone with mine. <laughs> Man United getting called United all game and us being called Sheffield all game just drives me insane and it shouldn't do really I shouldn't get so upset by it but it really really pisses me off so anybody that's involved in football calling us Sheffield Graham Sooner last night Jesus Christ and, and, and I don't mind Sooner's this season he's had a lot of time for us this yeah. season and, I, and I've grown I've, I've gone on like that over time with Sooner's so I've warmed to him this season and then like I say Sheffield 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 it's just there's no other club that they do it with they wouldn't call again Man United or Man City they wouldn't call them Manchester I put that on Twitter last night exactly that they don't call it London it's just you know you won't watch Rangers versus Aberdeen and be calling Rangers Glasgow would you it's just there's no other club that I've ever heard it done with and it happens to Wednesday as well in fairness they get called Sheffield as well good fuck them <laughs> well, funnily enough, I saw I saw a couple of Wednesdayites who I follow on Twitter who I know last night moaning about exactly the same thing. Because again, you know, to them they're offended by that. I thought you wanted to call yourself the Wednesday for years, so why don't you stick with that? You didn't even want Sheffield in your name for years. <laughs> stick it up your ass. When did they want to be called? I've never heard this. They wanted to be known as the Wednesday. They, they were known as the Wednesday. They were called the Wednesday, weren't they? Yeah. Oh God! Oh, they, I hate him. Right, you set me off again here. Dan, do you want to go? Because I think I've, I was going down similar lines to Phil, so I'm doing a rapid rethink. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going. Um, mine's mine's a bit more, you know, of the time at the minute, and I'm just going um, football in its current form without fans. Stick that in room 1867 because it's fucking dog shit. <laughs> There's, no, there's nothing good about it at the minute. There is absolutely nothing good about football. I've, you know, I, I can't. When it first were coming back, United are coming back. Then you look at oh, Merseyside derby. It's crap. It's like watching a shitty testimonial. There's no, there's no jeopardy to it. There's no intensity. There's no passion. There's, even when they score a goal, there's nothing to it. It's wank. Get it fucked off now, and then let's let don't have it come back until it can come back in its proper form. It, someone said it's like watching pre-season friendly, but at least with the pre-season friendly, you've got the possibility of seeing a new signing come on and take yeah. to the pitch. You're, you're near to the pitch, you're having a beer, you're having a bit of a social with your mates. It's not even like that. You're watching paced, slow-paced, friendly-like football, yeah. which, but it's supposed to be the best thing in the world. And it's, and it's, it's not. not. It's been brought back for no other reason than to, to fulfil Sky contracts. There is no, there's no other, there's no other benefit to bringing football back in its current iteration. It's just fine. It's all financial, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's just financial. financial. So let me be clear on this, Dan. You're not a fan of football coming back in the way it has. Uh, did, did that come across? I, I, I want to make sure that, that came across in my, when I said it. <laughs> well, I think that it's fucking dog shit. Comment will probably. Uh... <laughs> Suffice for a, for a review. Um, I, I I was really excited, and he's he's got the feeling of a shit World Cup or Euros, where like the one where Greece won, and you didn't really enjoy watching the games, but they're on, and it's the Euros or whatever, so you watch them, and it's got that feeling about it. And I'm, it's, like, I'm with, it's like it's like watching Euros when there isn't England. So you haven't got a. We've got a club here to hang this to, to you know, to hang on to watching it. 
but it actually feels like we haven't. Well, it, does, it doesn't feel like I'm watching United. I, I disagree completely because what because I well in the whole lockdown thing and recently I've been watching lots of old listening to old podcasts and watching old videos and and I loved USA '94 as a World Cup. I thought it was brilliant. England weren't there. So it, it, England not being there, it took a bit away from it, but it didn't. It would never took it down to the fucking depths that this has taken it down to. It just shows that football. I know it's a cliche, but football is nothing without fans. Absolutely not. It's yeah. It's it's really sad. Um, and and I think it's more. It's been hammered home by the fact that we've not been particularly good to watch as well. Uh, but well, it's not. not. Would your opinion be different if we'd have won us last three games? Or two? Yeah, three I wouldn't. Games. Be as, I wouldn't be as pissed off with United, but I still think it wouldn't be. It, it just wouldn't be the same. If we'd won at Old Trafford and I'd not been able to be there, I'd be part of me would be like, "That's that's really annoying." That's very politely put, John. If we if we win on Saturday, sorry, on Sunday and beat Arsenal and, and we beat someone else in the semi-final and we win the FA Cup final, it will it'll always it should be the the greatest United moment of, of, of your entire life, whether you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 year old, it'll always have an asterisk at the side of it because it'll never be the same. It'll always be a kind of an FA Cup lie, a diluted version of it. The FA Cup vid. <laughs> I'd rather move him from the chat. Let's have a... <laughs> no, uh, it, I think it, we would have been slightly more chipper about it, but I still think generally we would have... It still wouldn't be the same. Like I said, I felt the same watching... Like I said, I'm, I look, I'm looking forward to sitting down and watching Merseyside Derby on Sunday night. And even though we'd been dicked 3-0, I thought, oh, that, that should be all right. Turned it off after an hour. Just not not the same. And, and I've got... I'll watch United games from here on in. I've got no real interest in watching all else. No real interest in watching, you know, Spurs, Man United or whoever's on because it's just meh. As well, I think it's quite interesting because where people who go to the match, I was talking to some colleagues at work and one of them described it, oh, I'm enjoying it, it's a right festival of football. And I looked at him as if to say, like, you all right? Like, I wouldn't describe it as a festival of football because a festival of football it involves supporters. First Is this person not actually support a football team? He's a Spurs fan who lives in Sheffield, and if you're listening, I'm very sorry, but um, well, he, he he probably is a football fan, but he does his watching normally on television, so the experience isn't that different for him. But, you know, like I say, if we if we managed to win at Old Trafford and not being there, because that's up there, not up there with F, winning an FA Cup or something, but you want to watch your team win at, like, beating Man United on their own... Come on, yeah. Yeah, beating Man United in their own muddy, something that if you get the opportunity to do and be part of, you want to do. So, uh, yeah, it's, I'm with you, Dan, and I wasn't at first, but... I suppose the fact that we're crap has just made me think it a bit quicker than I might have been done. It's a good shout, Dan. So I was going to go down a similar line to Phil, so I've gone with it. I'm going to go with a different option, and I'm going with Hawkeye Innovations. I'm not going with the technology. I'm not going with the decision per se that went against us last week. I'm going with the fact that they still haven't admitted they hadn't turned the freaking thing on. Because that's clearly the truth. And at some point, I just want to hear the truth. You know, I'm sick of I'm sick of living in a world where people can gaslight you and lie to you in all forms of authority and give you bull. And they just think they can put out a statement like that and talk about a collusion that completely contradicts everything they say on their website about their own technology, their own selling points in selling it into sport. Um, <laughs> I've been thrown. That's an even worse picture of the Kanye with a pizza that John's just put on screen. In fact, that, that was, that was, that's partridge. It, it, it's like a, there's something slightly sexual about that, I think. Really? No, not, in, not, not that I've turned me on, but do you know what I mean? What is he doing with his tongue on that photo? He weren't far away from a partridge in Paris, though, were he? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I think I think we'll, we'll tweet we'll tweet those pictures out afterwards. But I was going to say, well, look, for me, I'm 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 sick of this this culture of we'll feed them the line and they'll just accept it. That's going on in society at the minute, and Hawkeye are just latching onto that and feeding bullshit and assuming that we'll just look, go down quietly and accept it. And when people like who I've got a lot of time for actually, people like Dan Walker and stuff and others are making light of it on programs like Football Focus or not even referring to it as an issue with what happened. That's what's annoyed me. It, 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 so, it's not an issue because it's us. But yeah. I don't mean because it's because it's us. I mean because it's not Liverpool. Yeah. It's not going to affect the league yeah. title. It's, it's not. club of our size and standing. Yeah. If it was Liverpool, Man City, Man United, one of them, it would have been a far bigger issue. And it, it would have been fun. Have you seen that job advert for Hawkeye Technologies? It's been doing the round on social media. No? Legit or spoof? I don't know whether it's real or not. Um, but one of the things inside it, it's talking about the candidate, what the, the what they'd be looking for from a candidate, someone who's prepared to uh, to learn and grow and make mistakes and not be afraid to. I just thought it was quite an ironic thing to put in their job adverts. <laughs> yeah, make make a mistake and own up to them. Yeah. Front it and yeah. front it, and make that's a mistake uh, and lie. Yeah, I just stop lying. So. I mean, I'll, 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 I'll read it asking for, the, asking for the, uh, the, you know, asking for the footage and the occluded footage to be released. You haven't got a prayer. Don't exist. Don't exist. So I'll, I'll refine my thing. I've talked it through. It's Hawkeye lies. Hawkeye's lies. Fair enough. Just stop lying. I commend and tip my hat to those blades, and there's a few of them that are, that are tweeting them every day. <laughs> Yeah. Reminded them to, to release the images at some point. Release was it? Release the occluded. <laughs> release the occluded. You got more. It's going to be up there. in years to come. It'll be discussed in the same in the same uh, circles as the like the Watergate tapes and there's a Pruder film. It'll it'll yeah. be. You'll have that. <laughs> <laughs> you mean there's going to be you mean there's going to be some documentary in thirty years time, like about the Zap Pruder tapes. So there'll be <laughs> whatever happened. <laughs> Reportedly, there was a buzz at half time in the uh, referee on the referee's wrist. Yeah. Was it being switched on? Was it the goal coming through late? <laughs> you will never know. <laughs> Brilliant. Good. Yeah. Well, I, think I know we could win out of the three, out of the four, by the way. But it's some good content there. Yeah. Are we? We uh, apologise if this has been the most downbeat four blades in a pub you've ever heard uh, since we started doing this. But obviously, yeah. Uh, circumstances have dictated that there wasn't much to be upbeat about this week but hopefully we can uh, get back to being our usual chipper selves next time yeah um, hopefully the performance on Sunday allows for that are we going to say who we want who we'd like which one of the three to put in 1867 we did which, that which one of the four which, are you excluding one already John <laughs> <laughs> I wish you didn't no. like one of them <laughs> no I like I, I'm with you on them all i the whole, uh, all of, I'd like to fuck all four off, but we can't. So, uh, Dan, which is which one do you think needs banning? I think I would, football coming back for financial reasons for me, it, and, and that's all it is. It's just it feels wrong, and everything about it is. I, I would, I would probably say Hawkeye, and that's probably because it's still quite raw, because it was only what a week ago. So it's, it's that one's still quite raw. Mm. I, I will go with Phil's because that was going to be my original one. The the refusal to use, well, the use of United for the opposition in Sheffield for us. You've got a casting vote, John. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say football coming back just because it's given me nothing but and stress, annoyance, and today it gave me a hangover. So, uh, because I had to have a drink after watching that shot last night. <laughs> that was the 20 cans of Brewdog and about 15 bottles of Sixer that we drank, John. <laughs> it was a lot of booze drunk, but it was it was it was nice to watch a game with you again and actually have a drink with you rather than running, which we've been doing. But now this is just turning into the four blades in a pub social catch up about what we've been up to. So let's hope we do turn it around on Sunday. Um, and I hope, like Dan, echo what Dan says. Sorry for killing your vibe a bit, everyone. If you thought we did at the start, but um, was there a vibe to kill? <laughs> Well, yeah. I mean, if you if you are listening to a Sheffield United podcast after the way we've been playing, you're a bit of a sadist, anyway. But um, go massacre, yeah. Uh, 
it's just forested or masochist. We don't know. <laughs> Whatever your preference. Whatever you do to get through our shit, we are at the minute. If it involves sadomasochism, or masochism, that's off to you. And on that note, <laughs> I hope you enjoy the game on Sunday. Uh, we'll be. I'll uh, hopefully not be right with my female prediction to Arsenal, and we'll. Uh, yeah. Speak to you next week. Yeah. Up the blades. Up the blades. If you're going to a pub in Ireland, you have to have a song. And if you don't have a song, you may as well not put the pub on. I'm Jason Murray, by the way. So if anybody wants to find me, right. Well, I'll take Peroni as well. <laughs>